Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Flutterpod. My name is Mitch. I'm joined with my friend David. David, how are we going this week? Hello, 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 internet. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Mitch? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing not too bad. We have some cool topics we want to talk about today, and just to give us a quick overview, right? The first one is going to be about the fact that LeetCode now introduced Dart into their, you know, one of their languages, which is really good for us, and. There was a Reddit post about people's like different salaries in different Flutter jobs from all over the world, and one of the things we really want to talk about is the different professional apps that are actually built with Flutter. So there was a, another Reddit post about Google killing Google Pay. So we'll see what that's all about. And another exciting, interesting topic is the GitHub Copilot. And yeah, I think David's got some interesting experience there. And we'll see how we go with time, but if we have some time, we'll get to some Firebase related, uh, related topics. Um, Exciting. So yeah, let's just start off with the Dart being on Lead Code. I'm pretty sure if you, <laughs> I'm pretty sure many people have heard of Lead Code, um, but if you don't, it's essentially uh, an online website that prepares people for like coding interviews and and just getting better at programming in general. And so. It's, I was looking at it because I personally, I've never actually really used lead code until I just looked at it recently. And it reminds me a lot of uni assignments that I did at school <laughs> where it's like you go through all the test cases and stuff, but overall, this is a really good, uh, signal, right? People are like recognizing Dart is a, is an important language to learn. And mm. if lead code has Dart, then other people would be more inclined to learn about Dart, right? So what do you think about that, David? Yeah, um, I, I mean, like, Lico adding Dart is definitely, like, a decision they've, like, uh, went through and, you know, they had to make because they had to, like, support Dart. They have to support the entire ecosystem and stuff. And they have to, you know, have standard libraries ready um, because Lico tries mm -hmm. to be um, Lico tries to be fair in the way that uh, they make sure that each language has the basic set of uh, functionalities because if it doesn't, then um, it will try to, you know, sort of provide the functionalities um, by, you know, allowing um, lead coders to use, you know, like a third-party library. For example, JavaScript doesn't have um, priority queue. So lead code, you know, by default, it has a priority queue library, you know, ready for JavaScript users. And also, you know, for C, mm -hmm. um, C language users, they don't have map i doubt they have anything <laughs> I, i'm a c yeah. fan but uh you know there's barely anything in c you know barely anything like fancy in c but um you know it's, it's like an effort that they have to sort of you know support the language uh so that's an effort that they're gonna have to uh, definitely gonna have to go through um that being said though i feel like it's not a super super um you know like a def definitive you know like decision where it's like, oh, now Dart is just becoming like the most popular language or like super popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, it's sort of the result of like Dart kind of reaching the threshold and just, yeah, you know, getting the recognition that it's supposed to get. Um, I, I'm personally not as a big fan of how coding interview is. Um, mm. I, I, for one, think coding interview is broken. However, however mm. I do think that um, there is no better way to really assess you know assess someone that <laughs> of their coding skills because like what else are you gonna do right you're gonna make them make an app because if you do that if you make them make an mm. app like on the spot then they have to really have some really yeah. specific knowledge and if you have ever made an app before you know that the uh, i would say like 40 percent of the time you're on stack overflow and that doesn't look too yeah. good on coding interviews but it's kind of it's like sort of necessary right and coding interviews is a small enough test case for you as a person, as a coder, to see how proficient you are yeah. <laughs> and how good you are, you know, like in terms of communication. This is, I feel like this... <laughs> Sorry, that's kind of off No, no, topic. I feel like this is... But a, we do... <laughs> no, no, I, I was going to say, I feel, I feel like that's a topic in and of itself, like about the coding interview, like it could be a whole topic on itself. But do you think part of it, because like you said, it's kind of hard to really test how good someone is uh, at coding in like a real life situation. And so do you think part of it is like, do they, they're looking for like how you would solve a problem, but like, it's not necessarily about like you getting all the answers right, but just 
how you would communicate because at the end of the day you, they have to work with you right and yeah. so like do i want to have this guy in our team like <laughs> the way he like handles problems and sometimes like this is just me guessing but like i can imagine there will be a lot of interviewees like the candidates that try to show off as much as they can and mm. they might be not humble about it you know what i mean like i don't know what's your opinion <laughs> on that tell me about the coding interview thing you said it was broken just give us a little quick taste what do you mean <laughs> um I interviewed at, uh, at a few companies, um, and uh, for for example, Facebook is really interesting. Where they don't really have you, they don't have test cases. They just have you write the code, and the interviewer will just look at it. And then it could be mm. it could be really stressful because you're not, you're not, you're, you're kind of like you know, s- waiting for that person's decision <laughs> on your code, and you could be kind of stressed out. Uh, but I. I I did hear about other companies having like um, test cases that that you can pass, um, even you know not not the online assessment part, uh, like the, the real interview part. Um, I I didn't get to um, do any of those, uh, but <clears throat> I think that they're kind of broken because you can definitely lead code your way out, right? If if you are like super proficient, mm-hmm. you can like just you know all the problems you have done any every one of them you can just lead code your way out and then uh, <laughs> you can get sort of legal your way out without too much communication going on but chances are you're not really motivated to prepare enough for those interviews um, that mm. you know you're, you're not really going to do every legal problem I, I think I did like a hundred and that's already I, I feel like that's a lot <laughs> right. uh, but I hear I heard about people doing like I think like close to a thousand and that's absolutely insane to me. Mm. There, are, there are people that, that like it. But uh, my point was that uh, you do need to communicate. That that will definitely make up a lot of points because that's, like, the thing they're looking for. Like, how you how you would approach, um, you know, you, you, it's definitely okay to ask them questions because they, they look for this because uh, that's how, you know, real work environment is. You, you, you are not going to solve all the problems yourselves. Like communication between your team members is gonna be very important. <laughs> um, but no, I I still yeah, think on that, that on the interview is broken. <laughs> right, you know, on the lead code, you said you did a hundred of them, and some people have like done thousands. Uh-huh. Um, in your experience, when someone's trying to learn programming and also just kind of get into, uh, get into a company or whatever, like how much should someone? spend time doing lead code because there's obviously a role it plays but like sometimes you might be out of proportion because you like you said some people do like thousands of them um yeah what do you think on that like the balance of it how much lead code should one actually do um given that you're you're offered an interview lead coding should probably be the the, the majority like 100 percent of the time you should be spending preparing for those interviews but like if you if mm, you're looking really. to get an interview then like you could do like some resume build up, you know, having some personal products. But those personal products sort of take time, you know, to build up. So it's not an instant thing. Um, yeah, but lead code is an instant thing. <laughs> um, right. I would I would imagine like you're having your own personal projects is like much more important than lead code. Like I mean, you should have some proficiency anyway. But like mm-hmm. in terms of like when someone's hiring you. What do you think about that? Like, if someone has some personal projects that are like, and they publish some apps and stuff, like, wouldn't they value that so much more? Uh, that that kind of depends on what kind of personal products you have. Because I, I didn't know this, but I, I now I feel like, um, the, whatever, like recruiters, they could sort of tell if your personal products are just are just kind of made up or you know some like staged up or like some BS. Or some like quickly effortlessly, effortlessly thing, or some like some stuff following tutorials, or or yeah. they can they can tell <laughs> that apart from like some personal products that are you know more impressive. So uh, you know the the more impressive ones take more time to build up. Um, some school mm. projects, um, they they kind of know like everybody has the same you know products. They they they've already seen like too many. Um, mm. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, just on the school project thing, like, that reminds me, I was getting some comments on my videos about, um, I had a lot of, like, uh, I think they're either from high school or in in university and college, but for their final year project, 
where they can just make anything and they can choose any tech stack I think and so I was getting comments about people that used Flutter they decided to use Flutter for their final project and they were telling me about how no one even heard of Flutter in their whole like <laughs> class and stuff mm-hmm. um, and so yeah I was just it was just it was an interesting thing how they were using it for their school project they um, actually but got just it. going back to the oh, no, no go ahead sorry yeah oh sorry I was just saying yeah, I ahead. actually have a story about that uh so right now, uh, oh sorry, uh, going back, <laughs> uh, I took a class uh, last quarter. Um, I, I was on, mm. I'm on the quarter system, but um, it was a class about like just software engineering. You, you could like do whatever, um, like pick a project. And in that class, we had five groups, right? And each group consists of uh, four f- four people on average. And uh, mm. so our tasks are just to you know our task is to build an app or uh, an application mm. of some sort it could be like any sort of solution and uh it's interesting how different our our go-to technologies are and there's un- like we uh my group use flutter because uh i'm familiar with flutter um and there's also another group that use flutter as well and they built a map app I-, I was really surprised how there's you know somebody else who are also using flutter and uh and wow. then Two other groups used React for a website, and and one other group, <laughs> wow, one other group kind of dropped out. They uh, didn't really finish, mm. but the Flutter group actually did pretty well. I would argue better than the React groups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> did you say the other group made uh, a map? Did you say they made a map app or math app? A, a map app. Oh, like um, a, like a map. That was an interesting app. It was some some like totally. Um, student project vibe, like you know, they're like trying to solve a really big problems with really really easy solutions, like the student project, you know, usual yeah. usuals. But they actually use like Map, like Google Maps, right? Which, yeah. is, which is like a weak point of Flutter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they managed to do decently. Hmm. I I was really surprised. What was your uh, What was the, your group project? Mm-hmm. What was your one? Yeah, my group project was mm-hmm, was uh was uh the um, i think i i told you about uh that before but like the the drawing app oh okay yeah, i yeah. Uh, i kind of like started earlier um but like uh we, we sort of just continued that project <laughs> yeah now that's so yeah. cool like why do you wait why do you think the the flutter groups in your cohort did better like you, you said they did better than the react native do you think it was depending on uh, the quality of the student or the quality of the tech stack? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it was? It's like Google versus Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it's like, uh, I, I mean, I mean, they they use React, not not React Native. They they build a website, right? Okay, but yeah, their their right. website wasn't really wasn't really like ready because they probably had too much in mind. But the the Flutter group, they they didn't have like a, a super big solution. They they just have a really small app, so so they had that ready. Um, but yeah, um, sorry, another story yeah, go uh, ahead. about the drawing app. Mm. I started that drawing app in a hackathon and then in that hackathon, there was, uh, there were, there were eight groups and one dropped out and there were, so there were seven groups totally in total that they ended up presenting. And then I remember that two of the groups used Flutter and the five others all used React Native because all of them, oh, sorry, the five Others all use React Native or React because they're, they're either building a website or building like um, a phone app. And then I think there was like two other groups, uh, or sorry, two of them were using uh, React Native. And then we went first, and then the other the other group went after that, and then they were using React Native. And then I was like, and then we were like, you know, this is not about like our competition anymore. This is like <laughs> Facebook versus Google stack. Let's see who's better. <laughs> it's so funny. You're like representing. Everyone's like representing their like tech stack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even expect myself to cite so much with Flutter. But like immediately after seeing their React Native group, I was like, you know, this like is on. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like bigger uh, than the actual actual project. It's like it, it means a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, what were you, um, you going to say? No, I was just no, I was just gonna say about the Dart being on lead code. I should have researched it before, but um, what 
is the purpose of the Dart language outside of Flutter? Like, is mm. it used for anything else? So it was introduced by Google. I, I, I didn't do my history class good, but I, I think from memory, yeah. it was from 2000, either 2011 or 2013. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be really embarrassed if, if it's from 2012. But uh, so it, it was supposed to be this JavaScript killer. So it's supposed to replace mm. JavaScript. Yeah. And in that case, in, in that scenario, it failed miserably. It didn't, definitely did not support, um, or it definitely did not replace JavaScript. Like, cause, cause you know Google, you know Google owns Chrome. Google owns the Chrome project. It owns Chromium, and um, Google Chrome. It has yeah. like eighty or ninety percent of the market share of the browser market share, or at least the desktop browser market share. You know, iOS Safari right. has a lot. Yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> but it has the ability to definitely push Dart out <laughs> but it didn't really succeed because uh, they, they intended Dart to be this drop-in replacement for JavaScript so it ended up having a lot of very very you know similar traits compared with JavaScript it has a lot of similarities um, yeah. and it was it has the event loop mechanism has async await like even mm. the syntax is very similar yeah uh, super similar yeah Honestly, I can't really pinpoint one reason that it failed. But to be honest, I feel like it it, it failed because it wasn't the first language. Uh yeah. but because JavaScript was the first language. And, mm. and and we could see that only languages that support the JavaScript ecosystem can truly be, you know, truly replaced or not truly truly thrive like TypeScript, right? TypeScript TypeScript is so similar. It's like a superset of JavaScript, then it could work. Right. Uh, but Dart is sort of like too aggressive in terms of its its uh, effort. But yeah, so so Dart kind of failed, and then uh, Flutter came out. Uh, I, I think the 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 alpha or whatever came out. Uh, actually, the beta came out like 2016 or 2017. Um, so that's when you know Dart kind of recame or re <laughs> kind of reentered. Our, you know, our site. Yeah. Well, yeah. This this is just a question about programming languages in general, but like, it's interesting. Like, the from Fortran and you know from like a really long time ago, and then when there's like new programming <laughs> languages, is the idea to make it simpler? Like, what's the actual idea of programming languages? I mean, that's like a big question, mm. but like. This type of, like you have know, like obviously each programming language is tailored for a different need and they've got different limitations mm -hmm. and stuff, but mm -hmm. but like can you can you like fill me in about like when there's like a new language like mm -hmm. um, also like when there's like Python as well there's a lot of things where um, they made it simpler for uh, like without the curly braces and all this stuff like they made it simpler in a way um, and then they use that a lot in machine learning and stuff but like what's mm -hmm. what's What's the point of a programming language? I guess that's my question. <laughs> that's a really interesting question, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm no expert. I'm like a college kid, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I feel like, um, so first of all, like programming languages, they're they're simply they're, they're not really anything like mythical. They're they're just an just an abstraction of an mm. I, of an API to an underlying mm. platform or system, right? So you have. Um, abstractions to systems such as operating systems, like computer operating systems, and you have um, abstractions to a system such as some like very specific, like business, um, you know, platforms like, like COBOL, like that mm. language is mm. very tailored to just, you know, doing business logic, right? Um, and you got C, the language is just specifically um, tailored toward, you know, um, abstracting APIs from the, the Unix or um, you know the Unix operating system or any Unix-like operating systems. So, but but nowadays it, it, the games kind of changed in a way that oper or um, programming languages. There's so many languages that came out just because people thought thought it would, you know they were cool and they they have like a different taste, different approach to different languages. But most of the languages tries to save the, tries to solve the same problems. Uh, but you got some like very unique languages. And they're kind of where you know we we take sides on, like how uh, people like Python because it's simple, right? And that's sort of the the first first languages or the one of the first languages that were able to be simple 
and and you know still good and usable. Um, but 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 it turns out it was it was too simple. It was too slow. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's too late because uh, you know because it's already too popular and simple yeah. enough that a lot of people jumped on. Uh, they they built you know a lot of libraries on top of it, like those machine learning ones. By the way, those machine learning ones they actually use you know th- th- use like C or other like performing good you know languages that perform well <laughs> to build their backbones. Uh, right. The actual compute part. Uh, but you know like you you have Python and you have other languages like Go. That that focus on yeah. this very unique part, like you know, multi, you know, multi-threading or a concurrency. You got like just um, different languages try to be good at one specific part, and to be like that. That's like the the, the part that shines. Uh, right. But to, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm not really like answering your question. Uh, like, what is a programming language really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard um, question though. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if we look at Dart, if if we look look at Dart, right? Dart itself is a language that is one is one of many languages that tries to be multi-platform. It tries to be cross-platform. Uh, it could be compiled to different, um, you know, different ends. But it's, it's different than Java in a way that Java compiles to one, you know, type of you can call it binary or whatever, one type of uh, machine code. And it could be interpreted by um, the the same Java virtual machine running on different platforms. Dart's approach is that it it compiles natively to those different platforms, and then it's like already runnable, executable machine code on different platforms. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, Dart could still be interpreted, um, or or you know, or or JIT like just in time compilation. Um, Right. But yeah, that that is the that is the unique part about Dart, I guess. <laughs> to be honest, there is yeah. no real real unique part about Dart. I feel like being able to compile the native platforms is like a very normal thing that programming languages do. Mm. Uh, but Dart is just you know, like you can you can prefer you can prefer Dart or you can not prefer Dart. <laughs> right. But yeah, overall, would you say? I mean, dubbing on lead code, it's a good thing, right? I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. obviously a positive thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but as you said, as you said, it doesn't mean it's like the, the go-to, you know, the main, you know, there's so many languages in there. So it's like, I just like mm. the fact that like it's on lead code. And then a lot of, um, uh, when people try to get jobs and stuff, it gives some, mm-hmm. like a new person, a, a bit of safety, I guess, a kind of mind at ease that it's not like, you're not so left field doing some real different <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so uh-huh, I mean, I think yeah. for that is good. I just want more people to use Dart and Flutter. So this is a good thing yeah. for us, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, um, it, Dart like being on lead code. Like I would actually, um, you know, I I might actually like use Dart in like if I'm lead coding, uh, because mm. Dart actually provides a lot of like functional programming language per- or functional programming perks. For example, there's right. like a, a lot of um, like uh, have you have you seen like those like um sort of chaining methods that you can attach to any iterables like uh like array or map or set or in, yeah, any yeah. iterable or you know right. list like you can say dot where dot map dot filter mm. dot dot remove mm. dot you know um like those like you can chain them together and you can easily you know chain them together create sort of an iterable and then put that into a, into like a map dot from and then you can write like really elegant code from that. I, I really like that part of, of Dart. Right. Yeah. If, if, have you have you seen the Java Stream API? That thing is horrible. That thing is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> 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 Java tries to. I feel like the design language of Java is that they 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 say like, okay, this is the thing that the user you know the programmers want to achieve, right? So like let's let's just write that down, and let's let's just add like. A hundred percent more boilerplate around that API, and just have it as <laughs> verbose as possible, <laughs> and then we ship it. But yeah, sorry, I mean they they have a, they have a reason for that, right? Like when they have so much like boilerplate, like True. Is, is it, it's like they they yeah, they want to achieve exactly what um what they want to do. Like, like I mean that boilerplate serves a purpose in some ways, right? Kind of, I, I think, yeah. But like, if you look at, let's say, if you have a class named super long class, super long yeah. class name, right? 
and you, you have you want to create a new um, instance of that class. You would say super long class name A equals a super long class name, or, or, or let's say a class name is student. Like student A equals to student parents. Like I have already told right, you right. as a student. Why do I have to write students to that? Oh, okay. Obviously, it's for uh, like polymorphism, right? But like, it, like at least it could be inferred, right? <laughs> like, right, why would yeah, I yeah, have yeah. to write that two times? Um, exactly. But yeah, Dart is like really, really <laughs> Dart is really you know smart about this. You can say, oh, just final, like var, var yeah, a yeah. equals a student. Then then you know a is a student, obviously, right? <laughs> yeah, coming from because oh, I came from ranting. No, no, no. It's good. Like, I, yeah, coming from Java, like. I I hadn't had you know extensive knowledge of Java, but that was like my first language, right? And then when I transitioned to Dart, it was it was very similar. And then I was like, wow, var, because I don't think var is in, um, in Java. It's like exactly what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, I was like, so many things were just kind of simplified. I was like, okay, just <laughs> just assign it. I'm telling you what it is over here. Just just get the idea. Like you should you should figure it out anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like the last thing that Dart kind of, Dart kind of needs right now is the Swift, like omitting. Um, I, I I'm not sure if you've seen like Swift. Like you could say like, uh, if a parameter, if a function parameter takes uh, a color, you, yeah. like instead of writing color dot red, you can simply write dot red. That's pretty neat. Like hmm. Dart designers, if you are watching this, please consider adding that. I don't know if I should probably just file a GitHub issue instead. But <laughs> wait, can you say that again? In, instead of like assigning a color, like colors dot red, you just say dot red. Yeah, instead of is that, is that what you colors. Mean? Yeah. Right. Oh. It is pretty neat. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. Tra- I was gonna segue. Did you have something? Yeah, else to say? I was gonna segue too. <laughs> yeah. Now let's segue to. We'll just quickly touch on this as well. The, the salaries. There was a Reddit post about the different mm. salaries that Flutter developers get, and this was like all over the globe. So. It's kind of sometimes yeah. hard to, hard to really like, um, wrap your head around the whole thing because there's all different currencies and different job markets in different countries, right? But this, mm-hmm. not, uh, nonetheless, this was a pretty cool, uh, Reddit post to look at. David, you were saying that one of the guys was getting like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a salary, and mm-hmm. he had seven plus years experience, but mm. three years with Flutter. Yes. Yeah, what did that you think is, about that? You... That seems like the highest in the among the the, the comments. Um, I don't know how to feel about that, honestly, because, you know, obviously I, I, we don't know about like 150, is that, is that base or is that the entire package? Uh, right. Because if, if that's the entire package, then it doesn't really look, you know, very good for, for a father job or, you know, for a software job. I, mm. I mean, I mean, that person, I, I like, you know, kudos to him. Definitely, I'm not saying like it's not. It doesn't look for good for him. I'm saying like it doesn't look good for uh, you know flooded jobs. But just judging from all the comments uh, down be- down below, it mm. doesn't look like you know. It looks. It seems like the average um, salary to be uh, around 60k US, um, mm. which is definitely not good. You know, not good. Yeah. Uh, cause, for a software engineer, yeah, it's pretty low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's almost. Um, because usually a job in Fang would triple that easily, um, mm. and now like the intri- the entry package is almost like two hundred k, I mean the entire package with like bonus and like investing, uh, but I, I you know we we all know that you know further jobs are are not the highest paying like even according to the Stack Overflow survey, it's not mm. really high paying mostly because they're like most of the further jobs are just you know from startups. They couldn't really yeah. afford to pay too much. Um, I do feel like though, 150k is a lot for a flutter job. That's like the highest number I've ever seen for a flutter job. Yeah. But this guy's working in Egypt. That? Egypt. Mm-hmm. He's working but, remotely for a US company. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think I think it. We're still at the stage where it's like transitioning you know like where as time goes on there'll be more companies and um as well as startups that um that transition and maybe you know kind of realize more about oh we should hire a flood of developers and so i'm pretty sure that as the demand increases and then the supply of flooded developers increase like the 
price will also, I think, naturally increase, hopefully, over time. Um, mm. I know I see, kind of on LinkedIn and stuff, like there's people that uh, I see more of, more Flutter jobs like being advertised. And these, this is not me looking for Flutter jobs. Um, this is just people that I would just know on LinkedIn and they'll be like, oh, like they just, they're making their new app. It's like some, I can't remember what the app was, but it was some finance, like fintech type app. And they were like kind of rebuild their app with, with Flutter. And so they were looking for, uh, for Flutter jobs. And so that's why people kept like linking me, linking it to me. Cause it was like, it was, I was like hundred K to 120 K and stuff like that. And I was looking wow. at it and I was like, oh, that's like, I'm not going to do it, but it's like, I like that, you know, that there's job postings. Cause I remember even not too mm. long ago, just looking for Flutter jobs. And this was like, you know, like a year or two ago, like when I would look for Flutter jobs um, and I live in Australia. So like. I was like, okay, let's see if there's any Australian ones. And there's not much at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I'll have, to go, I'll have to go to the US or something, you know, or do it remotely. But yeah, hopefully just over time, uh, more uh, more demand for the jobs will be there. And also it's like startups as well. When they like, if it's like a startup that doesn't have any funding, then um, obviously they don't have the money to hire a Flutter developer or any developer. But there's a lot of... um startups that obviously in especially in the US that like in Silicon Valley that you know they pitch their thing or whatever and then they get invest investors to back them and they'll have like a big um funding that they raise and hopefully then they'll be like okay let's just hire a flutter developer you know what i mean because i think they used all that money to hire like an iOS developer and stuff like that so yeah mm. we'll, we'll see we'll see how that pans out um by the way yeah, have you ever been to yes yeah, sorry, sorry go oh, ahead sorry. oh sorry sorry no no, no go no go <laughs> Oh, I was just gonna say like uh, uh, there there are a lot of flutter jobs in in China. Um, that mm. that's like a big job market for flutter currently. Um, Interesting. There, there are many big players using flutter, but um, but there's definitely very it is definitely very contro. The topic full of controversy because many people don't like flutter in China. Hmm. But yeah, so what are you gonna say? <laughs> Why is that? Why is it a controversial topic in China? Well, um, I feel like it's been a controversial topic, you know, everywhere. But in in China, uh, people uh, there are there are people as well thinking that um, you should definitely do native, um, and, and they they would think you know React Native is better. It's just opinions, you know. Uh, people right. would have different opinions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there, like, there's some big apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you about the big apps in China, like the Alibaba has one of the apps using Flutter, you said, right? With a Xiaomi? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, that's the Craigslist, uh, the right. Chinese version of Craigslist. So you sell, you sell like secondhand stuff. Um, mm. Many people actually use that. A lot of people use that. Uh, people would buy like, you know, people sell electronics, just different stuff. I think my friend got his uh, Xbox Series S from, uh, from that place wow uh and he ended up selling that same machine <laughs> on that place as well uh, <laughs> <laughs> made a little profit <laughs> uh no I, I don't think so uh but <laughs> he, I, I think he wasn't too happy with um series s because his storage was too 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 low oh, right right <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's so cool though like they're using the the chinese craigslist so mm, i don't know i can't oh, yeah. how do you pronounce it the shan yu like that uh, Xianyu. Yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty yeah. good. <laughs> uh, actually, like, that's that. crazy it, that they're using Flutter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually pretty good. Like, if you guys try it, it's actually pretty good. One thing that's mm. cool about Flutter is that it's it's it doesn't crash often. Like, mm. if you if you build a native app, like if you had like um, any sort of like memory, um, you know, allocated or different, you know, wrong memory allocated, like freeing stuff that's it's already nil. Um, your app would crash, but in mm, Dart, yeah. if you have like no issues, your app will be okay. You, like at most, you just get a green a gray screen error. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I had that um, recently, actually. Like I was testing mm. it on my iPhone. I had some null problem, and I was like, "It's not loading." But it didn't crash though. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, it was just the 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 screen just was just you know like a blank mm. screen of, of my app. Um, mm. That reminds me just. Better. Oh, right, <laughs> sometimes you just wanted to crash it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of like professional companies using Flutter, it's interesting to see what 
um, big companies or like real professional apps that actually use Flutter because uh, we were talking about that Reddit post about Google and there was this Reddit post that we saw. It was like, did Google just dump their flagship Flutter app? And I think this is in <laughs> reference to Google Pay. Yes. Um, so I think that's a reference to well, Google what's Pay. Going on, what's going on with this? Mm. Uh, I think that's talking about US and India because I don't think Flutter... I don't think they, they use Flutter in the first place for others, you know, other parts of their Google Pay app. Because I think they already had a Google Pay app, from my understanding. I don't really know because I don't personally use the Google Pay app, and I don't know anyone who uses the Google Pay app. Uh, mm. But um, I'm I'm not like on the Google side of the ecosystem. <laughs> but um, I, I I did hear about how it, like previously they had another Google Pay app, and then they they started this one being the their their Flutter, you know, their try with Flutter, and now it seems like it has been it has been like um like dumped um mm. and then people are really upset uh, upset about that uh but i think that app went through some really rough um times because i, I would <laughs> i would remember like that app on uh like during the time when the feather jank issue was re- really the the hot topic you know people talk about that and that feather that that google pay app suffered really hard they, there were like reviews on, on, on the iOS app store saying it was janky. Um, and it was mm. janky. I, I think I've tried it actually, now, now remembering about it. Because I, I, I simply tried it just because I just wanted to see how janky it was. Just because I, I was like, you know, looking at the further jank issue. But yeah. <laughs> it, it, and then, it and then, we, and then Tim, and you know the, the guy, Tim Sneed. Tim Sneed. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I pronouncing it right? He's, he, I'm looking at his tweet. It was on. Like someone linked it on Reddit. Um, oh, I was just read out what he said. They they are different apps. Perhaps that's the confusion. Oh, between Google Pay and Google Wallet. Google oh. Pay the so Google Pay the new which is the newer one is all Flutter and Google Wallet mm. is not. Um, oh. the the former so Google Pay is focused on like a Venmo PayPal style payment, and Google Wallet is more for storing digital payment cards um, okay right so that's what this that's what he was saying um what's what's tim sneath's exact role in flutter like i've he's obviously obviously hear his name all the time like what's his actual title i think he might be the product manager <laughs> i think mm. <laughs> we should definitely look this up um and if we do end up knowing we'll like we could like put it on 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 the video you know uh, yeah, like on screen. Yeah, but I, I think he's um, like a very big role, like probably the product yeah. manager. Yeah, it's cool that he like replied to it though. Um, yeah, it says just looking at the Reddit post, what like the main Reddit post about Google dumping the Flutter app. It says this seems like a bigger blow to Flutter's future than the Airbnb retiring React Native. Mm. Do you remember that when? Do you remember that? When Airbnb, <laughs> like they announced basically that they were Sorry. not going to use React Native anymore, is that what it was? Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. I, I remember there was. Um, I, I don't know if you know this guy named Ben Awad. I don't even know that's his like. Yeah, I, on YouTube, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think he made yeah, a video yeah. talking about uh, Airbnb's decision because um, people also because you know that that was like people hated react native there 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 are people hated react native and then they saw that they was really happy but ben i think he liked react native and then he responded um but yeah right uh, hmm i i do think that this is not really like a big blow because mm. uh google themselves are like this is simply a like um i i think this is simply a marketing decision or or you know like a strategy decision not because about not not, not because of flutter like the technology but more because of how the dynamics are in you know between google their their payment apps and how google decides to you know pursue which right. you know, route um so i don't think this is yeah. a big blow um however uh, in, in China, like on on the Chinese side, where Flutter is very heavily used, you know there there are a lot of controversies going on about how uh, uh, you know Xianyu, 
is uh, the the rumors about them like dropping out. They're like um, slowly backing out, but they're also people talking about oh they're not dropping out. But um, one article I saw was that ByteDance, the company responsible、mm. for TikTok, <laughs> I really want to use the responsible wording. But <laughs> why are you why, why are you using that word? Why <laughs> the company <laughs> responsible for TikTok? It's、like、funny the way you say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, parents will definitely agree with me. I I, I personally think TikTok is um is is not not the best thing that happened to the world. <laughs> oh, interesting. Why can you tell? Can you tell me why? Like I love talking about this like、oh, social、TikTok. media landscape. Oh,、yeah. I I, I yeah, mean, why why? Tell I me, mean, it's, it's、yeah. not a bad social media. I just feel like you know it's. Like all all social media, sort of like, because、um, mm. my cousin is is really interesting. How he doesn't even like use search engines. His search engine is TikTok. Oh <laughs> wow! And then I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. It feels like <laughs> it, it feels to、yeah. me that something's off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. Like when we you know making this podcast, and then like obviously we'll upload it on YouTube, and just to get the word out there. I'll like clip it up and put it on TikTok, right?、Mm-hmm. And you know that you know when you go into TikTok app and it just starts playing, yeah. Like I don't, I, I, I'm in like a work mode at you know when I'm trying to upload you know these clips and I don't want to start watching TikTok, but like just for actual work, I need to like go up there and post stuff, and <laughs> it would just start playing and like it's like zero point five seconds. Like I'm trying to like get into the like.、Um, Like the plus button, so I can upload it. But it will just start playing, and I have like this zero point five second window. It's trying to like drag me in. I'm like, no, like I don't want to look at it. Like,、um, but yeah, it, it's actually it's really addictive, to be honest. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 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 crazy addictive.、Um, so yeah, sometimes I'll just like go on it and like just to just just to chill for a bit, and then I'll be on there for an hour, like not even、yeah. kidding. Like at night, just it's, and so I try not to like. You know, it's like it's like a very interesting, interesting app. <laughs> it is. It is almost like, it's almost like drugs if you think about it. <laughs> it is. It, it yeah, is. It, it's, yeah. It's addictive. It's addictive. It's、uh, arguably not not good for your your health, <laughs> and, and、mm, that kind of,、yeah. and then you know that kind of makes it sort of like a drug. But honestly,、uh, that's kind of like most things, like like、um, good food. Yeah. Like you know, candy probably the same, but. Yeah, I'm in no position. One probably criticizing it. One thing about because you like you said, it's basically all social media is like that. But especially TikTok, the thing about it is, um, it's so like short, and you、um, keep swiping through. And I was listening to some podcast talking about it, and they were saying like our human brain is not used to that context switch.、Hmm. Like you know, like we're in our room, and I'm talking to you about code, and then we're basically in this context. And then once we finish, then we'll go. Do your next task, but when you're like sitting there scrolling and it's like each post is like you're in a completely different room and a completely different situation, and it's like so quick that your brain is not really、um, like your brain's not really used to that、um, like large amount of context switch. Interesting. And this is actually from this is from like Cal Newport. I don't know if you've heard of his name.、Um, like I read his book about deep work because、um, I just want to you know get my productivity up and. He was just talking about the whole context switch, and even when you're trying to focus, even not—I mean, not even talking about TikTok—but when you're trying to do some work, and then、mm-hmm. you get a little text, and you just look over at your phone, it's like that little context switch just—it creates all this like residue that you need—you need to come back and like、oh, re、yeah. get into the zone. And、mm-hmm. so like, it's that's why when I try to code or if I'm doing any serious work, I put my phone on airplane mode or something, right? I don't want to have any like any distraction at all because. It takes a bit of time to get into the work. I mean, I'm sure you probably experienced, right? Like, yeah, like in the zone. When you're coding, yeah, you need to get into that initial, like, yeah, in the, the mood and the kind of zone and like,、um, and TikTok is just destroying it. And so you do, you do like a day of TikTok and then you get tired, like you can't focus. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean?、Um, yeah, yeah. I'm spe- sorry. Speaking of which, just I was actually wanting to ask you about this. How many hours do you program in a day? Well, like average day, like how many how many hours do you spend coding? Right now, I, I have a job, so that kind of has. But but apart、mm. from the job, you know, I obviously I don't code all the time in the job. Honestly, I feel like just only fifty、yeah. percent of the time spent on coding. But then after the job, I, I on average I spend、uh, two to three hours. Right. But on a weekend,、yeah. I could like、uh, I could put in like five, 
But I feel like after five hours, I get really tired. Mm. And I don't want to think about yeah. it anymore. But yeah, but, but then, um, you know, on the beginning of the five hours, I get really excited because, you know, of all the things that that, that could happen. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's definitely yeah. a limit, I feel like. What about you? I was, yeah, same. Like, five, for me, five hours is a lot. Like, that's like a me really, you know, getting into the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say like a couple hours, few hours. And I was doing research on this. Like, what is the optimal amount of time that one can focus or like have like efficient and effective, you know, productivity. And I think the number is basically four. Okay. Um, after four hours of intense deep work, mm. um, you can still obviously do some work after that. But then at, at some point you get to a, like a situation where like your brain's not actually performing at maximum capacity and mm. it might even be better for you to just rest mm. and get recover for the next session. And I was listening to, uh, a podcast last night while I was trying to fall asleep and it was a, it was a, a Lex Friedman podcast and the guest was what's his name the Quake guy you might know who he is um, I don't think I I've I can't heard. remember his name the Quake well yeah anyway he's like and now he's doing all this VR stuff he's a pretty famous person and he was just talk- <laughs> he, Lex asked the same question like how many hours of programming do you do and he's like Oh, I do like, you know, a good chunk. But then after about like 12 hours, I get 12, like 12 hours. <laughs> like, what the oh hell? God. Like, that's next level. Like, that's oh. crazy. I feel like my five hours, but yeah, like, aren't even like intense five hours. Intense, I could probably mm-hmm. only do like three. Yeah, but that's crazy. Yeah, if I get in the zone and I'm coding, mm-hmm. then I would like, I try to like go as long as I can um, when I'm just really in the zone. And you kind of know when you're in the zone because like your time gets dilated. Sometimes you look up and you're like, wow, I didn't even realize I was coding for that long, mm. you know? Um, but yeah. Anyway, let's just go to our next topic, which is about <laughs> the co-pilot. Oh yeah, that, that's the that's really interesting. GitHub co-pilot. Mm-hmm. This, this is a really interesting one. And so... Uh, David, can you just give us a quick introduction about what it is for people that don't really know what it is? Yeah, so GitHub Copilot is this uh, product. It's actually a product. It's consumer-facing products. Uh, you actually have to pay for it. Uh, introduced by GitHub. So currently, the pricing, I believe, is 10 bucks a month, 10 US dollars, or 9.99 US dollars a month. Uh, you get to use it for free if you are a student um, or in an educator position. Uh, so the product will assist you program in the way that it will <clears throat> give you smart suggestions um, produced by uh, the GPT-3 GPT model. So that's an AI model. So an actual <sighs> deep learning uh, artificial intelligent thing is giving you suggestions. I didn't know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know it was connected to GPT, GP3. What? I, I think Wait, is it GP3 or GPT3? GPT3. I think it's all based off of that. I have no idea. I, I didn't even, I didn't wow. even oh, shit. understand I didn't remotely know. what GPT3 is, you know, built with or whatever. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, uh, GitHub Copilot, the way, the sort of, you know, the way that works is that GitHub, GitHub owns so much code on this planet Earth, right? It has so much code, mm. so it has the best resource to train um, an AI to kind of code for you. And GitHub Copilot isn't mm. really something that it's it's not supposed to write code for you entirely. It's more like a copilot in a way that it supports you. Yeah. It, it sometimes it it writes uh, code snippets for you. It's not really supposed to write an entire application. It just does like it doesn't just go off and just do whatever um, that that you expect it to do. Uh, but you know um you could that being said though you, you could just write a comment and then like let's say you could write a comment saying um like you know function like create a function that does blah 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 and blah 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 and then you go to the next line and then github copilot which you know could be a vs it, it is a vs code plugin it it will suggest you the entire function for you and you can like you can take a look at it. Hmm. You can go to the next su- suggestion, and you can just take the suggestion, and they, it will just populate oh. it. And it's uh, it, it's context aware, so it, it kind of knows what you're doing. It kind of knows your code base. It's actually kind of crazy. Sometimes it, it, it's not super you know consistent yet, but I don't think it's I don't think it's uh we're, we should be we should you know be judging it based on you know how good is it right now. We should be judging on how good it could be. Mm. 
right? It's kind of scary if we think it that way. Um, for those of you who haven't tried it, uh, GitHub Copilot is actually it's very inconsistent. Uh, sometimes it could go completely off the trail. It doesn't know what you're doing. It gives you some wrong suggestion. But sometimes it could it could go crazy accurate. It could actually write some really complex code, and it knows. Let's say if you had a big class and your class is doing something really complicated. It's, let's say it's like talking to a server in a very complicated way. It could be a web WebSocket server, and then the ser- there's also some server code that like you're working on. Um, I, although I don't think it has access to the server code you're writing, uh, it's able to. It's sometimes it's able to like just look at your code and see what you're trying to do and see what like you're on your way of creating this these set of functions. And now I it looks like you are now and now it looks like you want to do you want to do this because let's say okay I, I have a real example I was working on a drawing app right um, the drawing app involves uh, you selecting some you know lines on canvas and then you can like move them so I was in the process of writing the select function. You know, you can select some strokes, and then you can move some strokes, and then, and then when I go to the next line, it suggested me the function without me actually like suggesting it anything, without me writing any comment, it suggested me an entire function of deleting a selection, a selected you know amount of strokes, and I, I actually looked at the code; it, it's almost correct. It's actually kind of scary. Whoa, what? <laughs> um, and I feel like though uh, you can't really rely on GitHub Copilot for now to write code for you. Mm-hmm. You know, write a lot of code. You want to yeah. obviously look at the code, right? But one thing that's really good at is picking up patterns. And for example, when you have, I'm, I'm not sure if you have um, run into those situations where you have one line of code, it could be a complex, complicated line, and this line deals with the x coordinate, and then you're gonna write. It's mm. almost the same line that deals with yeah. the white coordinate, right? And mm. it get, usually get the copilot mm. is able to handle this case for you. It's able to see, okay, this is wow. X, and then now I'll replace all the all the X with Ys, replace the width with height, replace you know stuff like that. It's kind of, it's actually really good at doing that, and it saves me a lot of time just by doing that. <laughs> wow, um, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although there are many controversies, again, there's controversies with with anything. But there's controversies of how GitHub Copilot or GitHub itself does not respect um, open source um, licenses because now you kind of get, <laughs> get in the gray zone, right? Because yeah. like usually we say like, oh, there there are definitely licenses, right? License that um, that protect that was supposed to protect open source code, um, but now apparently it's not working because GitHub uh, for one owns all the code or it doesn't really own the code, but it hosts all the code, right? Mm. It takes whatever. And I think one, there was one tweet saying um, there was a, like the guy wrote, um, like write, the, the, the guy wrote a comment saying like create a fast invert root function and GitHub Copilot suggested the code. Mm-hmm. And that code is the exact same code taken from, I think, World, World of Warcraft or something like right, that right, code base, okay. which, has, which has like a, a license yeah. attached to it. <laughs> and that license is not, you know, you, you have so many different licenses. It, it, it might not work for your application. Like for, for example, that license might not be run on like whatever MIT or whatever. Yeah. And then you might not be able to use it, you know, whenever you want. Right, right, um, right. So th- you kind of get into a gray zone. And okay, yeah. things kind of... Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. That's funny. Mm. You know, like just the, the co-pilot, like, and obviously, as you said, like, we'll, we shouldn't really judge it based on today's like how it works today but just talking about sort of in the limit Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i feel like just with these sort of um ai type situations even with like tesla autopilot um before they had before you have full autopilot it's like it kind of has the assisting autopilot like just to keep the lanes and stuff and i feel like with have you seen the have you seen this oh what is it called i think it's called dally or something have you seen that ai that like connect, oh the, creates the thumbnail art? making yeah that's yeah, well, crazy that thing yeah like you just put like say um i don't know give me like a asian pikachu or something and then it will just you know make this <laughs> art that doesn't exist <laughs> right um and you can put like that looks like you can see yeah, and i was playing with it as well and what i always think about with this is as 
AI, this is just sort of a broader topic on AI, but as AI sort of automates certain tasks and eats a lot of jobs up, what really becomes the only thing that's left for us to do is being creative. And like mm-hmm. someone has to be like, has to direct where even the Tesla autopilot, it's like, it'll be full autopilot, but you have to tell it where to go, like the destination, right? That's like the last mm. thing that it won't really do <laughs> for you. And that's, and that's what's good for humans. Cause you don't really want to like, it'll, it'll take away all the part of the work that you don't want to do. And, mm. um, in the, in the co-pilot situation as well, like you have to obviously tell it. Like, you are the initial inspiration, right? Like, mm. and it will just try to guess and suggest what it is. And um, I hope in the future, like, it becomes uh, becomes really, really good. But at some, uh, there's also a situation where you still have to know how to code because you would still need to know, like, read it, right? Like, yeah. I don't know what the, what the ultimate future would be where you don't even need to know how to code and you just tell it, all right, make an app, like, you know, like so someone who has no technical ability could just do it like i don't know it's a question mark like i don't know what the what the future is going to be but yeah what's your outlook on that what's the limit in your view yeah right now i don't think it could handle any uh complex complex architecture of app like it can't really like create any app that's like of complex architecture like if you want to if you ever try to make any real world app there's a lot of complicated things I, I use the word complicated a lot. But for example, there's there's many um, things that the user would probably expect, and you would only understand that because you're a human being, uh, and you, mm-hmm. you would also be an, another user. Um, and uh, and you, you can't really expect an AI to know that, and, and, and it would probably be very difficult for an AI to know that. Uh, but I like your point of um, how we alt- we ultimately have the role of being creative. We have to like really uh, you know designate or sort of give, give the AI a, a target but it, it is kind of scary to think about how creative an AI could be uh, mm. because the AI has to compute power, right? The AI has the mm. resources to waste, the compute yeah. resources to waste, right? An AI could just mass produce apps mm. and yeah. just A-B test on human beings just mm. to see which creative things worked and, you know, ended up working because that's how humans work, right? We mass mm. create, mass produce apps and some ended mm. up working. An AI could do that too. Uh, and if the AI could do, you know, could, could make an app just from an I, you know, quote unquote idea it has, and it could mass produce ideas, and it could mass, it could test those ideas on, you know, a, a lot of people, then it's now, now it's, you know, it's it has taken over our our job entirely, <laughs> just uh, create things and build things. Mm. Um, so that, that that I feel like that's really scary, but yeah. you know, I don't think it's gonna really become a thing. Um, in the recent years, I think in the in in the like oh, sorry. very end of it, in the limit, um, I think it'll take over everything except for that creative part because you know, mm-hmm. like like I mentioned about the Dali, how it's to art generate. I just say okay, Asian Pikachu, and then you put it together. There's ones for like music as well, right? I could be like, oh, give me like mm. a Beethoven and like a I don't know, like a Kendrick Lamar, like, and it's just like cool. mash it together. But and the, and I think those AIs exist. But even the initial Beethoven, it's like you need that initial inspiration for it to be like, all right, give me those two. Because otherwise, it will, like you said, it has the compute power to generate infinite amount of music or infinite amount of art. But ultimately, because we have to decide, like what's good. So it would be good for us because it True. will just give us all these options. But like, it's not just making it for itself, like for the AI to enjoy. It's actually for humans to mm. enjoy, right? And so I don't. I'm curious about this whole... Like, I think about this a lot, actually. Um, just, like, creativity in AI. And I don't know if you know about the AlphaGo. Do you know about all that stuff? Yeah, AlphaGo, the the Go playing Yeah, yeah, machine. the DeepMind. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also, like, it's those also... A- AIs for even StarCraft and, you know, all that oh, stuff. Right? AlphaStar. <laughs> AlphaStar, yeah. AlphaStar, AlphaGo, yeah. AlphaZero, all this stuff. And, um, like, there's a particular move that Alpha Alpha Go made, um, that was like creative. You know, I don't know Go enough to really appreciate the creativity of it. Um, but there's also like very interesting questions where okay, an AI with predefined constraints, like a game of Go, um, it can just come up with all of the possible different uh, moves. But can an AI make Go itself like mm. like a game where humans can enjoy because even the human has to make go 
like the game itself. You know what I mean? Like, and the, is... in those constraints, the AI can kind of help us out. And I don't know. It's just an interesting yeah. thought experiment that I was. I never about. thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's um, really cool. I, that's really thinking outside of the box. I never thought about that. That's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm like, I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with this stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just I was just like thinking about what you said. That's really cool because, yeah, like, the AI ultimately. Like the AI is the producer. Like we are the consumers, right? We are the producer, mm. or we were the producers. We we are still the producers and the c- yeah. consumers. But the AI, the AIs are not the consumers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that um, is very interesting. I never thought about that. But yeah, but yeah, just going back to the co-pilot. You said you had some mixed experiences, right? Like overall, it's a cool, cool thing. But I guess for now, it was kind of hit and miss. Is that is that? fair to say yeah true it, it is hit and miss and you have to really be you have to really know what you're doing uh, mm. uh oh another thing that i could do very well mm. <laughs> is that when you don't know a language and you need to do something really quickly with that language you could mm. use github copilot example mm. is that um an example is for example you want to you don't know python or you know very little python and now your boss tells you to read an Excel sheet using Python and print it out in some specific way. You could just literally write comments, say, read an Excel sheet. And mm. since this action is so common, GitHub Copilot mm. has so much experience, it could just fill in the code for you. Yeah. Wow. And you could you could just do that without knowing Python. Just GitHub Copilot does it for you. But yeah, like you're right about how you ultimately have the idea of, mm. you know, reading a, an excel sheet for whatever reason you might have <laughs> mm. like why would the ai even wanted to write an excel, read an excel sheet right but but yeah uh, i i would actually recommend trying out github copilot because i i, I think it actually saved me time and um just just make sure to read whatever it produces <laughs> not is there, a, is there a free version uh i don't think so you, you if you're if oh you're you a have student, to pay okay. yeah true but if you're a student it's free Okay, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, everyone check it out and see see how it is. And if you have any experience with it, let us know how you feel about Copilot. I feel like it's really cool. Just the idea of it is so cool. It kind of mm, I was yeah. telling David right. It reminds me of like when you write a, a sorry when you write an email on Gmail and it tries to mm-hmm. auto suggest the thing. When I first saw that, I was like, um, I wasn't a, like. I didn't feel much of it. I was like, oh, like, let me just write. Why are you trying to guess what I'm trying to write? But sometimes it's really <laughs> helpful. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's actually what I want to say. And just stand down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. imagine it's like suggesting the entire paragraph for you, like just suggesting the entire email for you. Yeah. That, that, and that... sometimes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes like I'll be writing an email and it has to be kind of like professionally, you know, more formal language and like, Sometimes you can't be bothered to think of like formal language, and it was just like, okay, like mm-hmm. it'll say all the formal language for me, and it's like, all right, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, our human language has a lot of boilerplates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, actually, just last thing before we sign off, it looks like we've been talking for an hour. But wow. have you seen that Google Duplex? Oh, what is that? It's like it was. I think it came out a few years ago, but it's. Uh, from Google and it's essentially this whole AI situation again but like let's say you need to make a booking for a restaurant and then you just you don't even have to talk you just tell what time whatever on your phone and then it'll call the restaurant for you and it's like a a voice automated AI Um, I don't I I think it's probably in the world right now Um, I haven't used it personally but I just saw a bunch of videos on it and it's kind of scary because it's useful, but it's also scary because, like, you know, when you have a call with an automated voice, you can tell immediately it's an AI, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's so robotic. Um, but, like, that du- Google Duplex was kind of scary because even, you know, when we say, um, uh-huh. like, when we're talking, you're like, um, it's like, it's like a brain fart, right? You're like, uh, like um, like you're trying to think. Uh-huh. Yeah, feel it was. And an AI, there's no reason for an AI to say, um, it's like, it would have everything calculated, right? But oh, well. it to make it seem like it's a person, it will say um mm-hmm. like in the call. And because you don't wanna you don't you don't want the restaurant owner to think you're a robot. Mm-hmm. Um 
it's kind of like the Turing test almost. Like it just what it reminds me of. That is really it, it completely passed the Turing test. It, like at least according to the, to the demo they did. I remember it even handled the situation where like it made decisions, right? Because I, I think mm. the the exa- example was they're trying to like do a appointment for a haircut, and then it, yeah. the whole or, you know the, the 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 haircut place says that the barber says it's not available. They're not available in this period of time, and then they. The AI made a decision saying like, "Oh, are you available then?" And it was like, "Okay." Uh, that was kind of scary. Like that part is kind of like it, it's making the decision. Hmm. That's affecting human prob- behavior. It, yeah. <laughs> that is kind of scary. I wonder. I wonder if it like. I wonder if it's like reading your calendar. Like you give it access to your calendar, uh-huh. and it'll just like fill it in for you. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, even with that restaurant example that I saw from the Google Duplex, one challenge was it. One one of the challenges was, the the woman, the restaurant owner that picked up was like an Asian woman, mm-hmm. and so she got like a heavy accent. And so <laughs> like, but the Google, but the Google Duplex had no issues at all. <laughs> like just handling that accent. Like, I was like, wow, it's next level. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's, that's some crazy crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think we might wrap it up there. Looks like our hour went pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, it was a good. Yeah. That was a good hour of conversations. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, if anyone has any you know particular questions or any comments about what we talked about, please let us know. We'll respond in the comments. And yeah, and we, we do want. Yeah. To... I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, no, I, keep, I keep interrupting you. <laughs> uh, but but I was gonna say like we, we will try to like respond to those comments uh, and like kind of feature them in in the shows. Yeah, let us know if you have any other topics you guys want to want to talk about. But um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that one. So another good conversation, David. And we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Thank you for watching. See ya.